Welcome back to the basement, everyone. You are now tuned in to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. Uh, if you're tuning in for your second time this week, because that's how we roll, then you know that. Uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, you know that. If not, uh, hi, I'm Kevin. Uh, this is this is the show that I put together out of my basement. Uh, you know, we have some mics, we have some friends, we have some music, we have, uh, in general, some beer. And uh, we sort of mix them all together and sit down and, and talk about the music on the mics with the beer and put it out to you for hopefully a product, a thing that you will enjoy. Uh, sometimes we hit the mark, sometimes we don't. Uh, but it's always fun for us, so hopefully this is going to be fun for you. i got a really good podcast for you this week, uh, Two Inch Astronaut, uh, sort of DC-ish area. They have a new album out called Personal Life. They're out on Exploding in Sound right now. If you're a fan of the pavement, the 90s, uh, just some kick-ass rock and roll, then this may be the thing for you. So uh, please tune in and check that out. After that, I'm going to be playing a little track from a guy named uh, Marlon Williams. Uh, big in uh, New Zealand and Australia, or big-ish, or big enough to get it signed by Dead Oceans here in the U.S. So his self-titled LP is out now. Uh, came to that because Matt Condon, our live features guy, was up in New York just, I guess, randomly ended up at the Mercury Lounge after shooting a show. Uh, and Marlon Williams was playing, and all of a sudden I started getting texts in, like, holy fuck, this guy's awesome. Holy fuck, this guy's amazing. You need to check him out. So we did. Uh, we got a track off his album for you today. Uh, and uh, hopefully you haven't heard it before. It's quite nice. Uh, so that is that is our podcast coming up. Real quick before that, I want to talk a little Grammy talk. Okay. So, uh, they happened Monday, and I have watched the Grammys every year that I can remember uh, being alive, honestly. Every year since they've been on, I think I've watched the Grammys, uh, that I have been able to watch something uh, by choice. I, I do that in my, in my older stages uh, because, you know, commercial radio, as we know, can be a vapid wasteland. There's some, there's some bright spots, but in general, yeah, it's no good. Uh, and that ends up being a lot of what's represented on the Grammys. Uh, but, you know, this is the stuff that a lot of people in, like, indie, underground, uh, punk scenes, like, rail against and are, are responding to when they create their art. So just as a uh, somebody, a purveyor of culture, if you will, uh, somebody who does this sort of thing, it's sort of, I feel like, my responsibility to be in the know. And this is how I do it. Once a year, it's a shot of stuff. Uh, it's at the end of the year, and then I, I know uh, it helps contextualize some things. Uh, so there was a lot of hubbub about it, but and I think we're going to talk more about this on a later podcast. But I just want to say this up front. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, to be a butterfly. So we're clear, everybody. This was the best album, not just of this year, but of maybe this century to date. Um Everybody is gripped up that Taylor Swift has won for 1989. It is kind of upsetting. Made me a little sick. Uh, Says a lot, not just about the Grammys, but also about uh, where we still are as a people uh, with things. You you couldn't have two more diametrically opposed, uh, socially speaking, uh, types of albums going up against each other. And, uh, you know... Taylor Swift uh, won. So, you know, that having been said, uh, Taylor Swift is an amazing musician. She's an amazing song crafter. Uh, she deserves all the accolades, honestly, that she has, has just heaped on over and over 
and over and over over the years. So, uh, you know, don't be mad at Taylor Swift. Never thought that would come out of my mouth. But she's got uh, as much play, not as much play, but she's got pretty decent amount of play in this house, just the same as Ken Newcomar. Uh, so, you know, don't be mad at her. She's different in the spectrum. Uh, take a look at who's voting for the Grammys. You know, see if you can get in there and, and maybe do some voting for the Grammys uh, and uh, and change that. So that when the next Tepimpa Butterfly comes along, uh, it is held up uh, by this thing, whether you whether you believe it or not, still sort of means something. Uh, and, and instead of holding up the purest pop uh, sort of distraction of the year, it, it holds up the most important album of the year. And so, uh, but yeah, we'll be talking about that more. I just wanted to get that out. Uh, with that out of the way now, it's time for your podcast. So uh, get ready, grab a beverage, get comfortable. Here you go. This is episode number 158 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. We're talking about a new album from Two Inch Astronaut, Personal Life. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and go to That right there is a wonderful sound. But the, but the, the, the like the death rollerball like you oh, get okay. spikes and bombs and shit <laughs> and we'll get the running man and rollerball and yeah. we're all good to go yeah it's all good all right you guys ready yeah yep. gentlemen we got a, we got a full panel today here uh, Paul Eduardo Quinn this is your first one this year isn't it? no is it you know they all just kind of run together <laughs> at this point you're always here yet you're never here <laughs> oh you know what I forgot your nine iron um, so. motherfucker <laughs> um. We do a couple things on this podcast. One of them is talk about albums. We're going to be doing that this week. We're going to be talking about Two Inch Astronaut uh, from up in Bethesda. Is that correct? Uh, Silver Spring. Silver Spring area. Bethesda, yeah. You know, the nether regions of D.C. Uh, but the other thing we do is talk about some news. So, uh, you know, I don't know if this is really news as much as we're going to be making fun of Rolling Stone a little bit. <laughs> earlier this, uh, about earlier this week, uh Gentleman by the name of David Brown, who is a uh, actually a, a looked it up a respected music critic, wrote an article for Rolling Stone called "In Defense of the CD." It says, "Are we being too quick to toss out an old friend?" Uh, his whole experience of this article is is based on he bought a uh, a high tech boombox. <laughs> he keeps calling <laughs> it his wireless. His wireless. <laughs> I don't understand what that is. Um, and, <laughs> and and has problems with his technology, and so his solution was not. Uh, to, to maybe abandon the technology, but to reach back into the past and his, uh, you know, pull out his CD collection. Now, uh, to be clear, like behind, we're, we're sitting in a basement. There's a wall and stairs behind there. I have probably over like 2,500 CDs still. I have not gotten rid of mine. But, uh, uh, you know, just real quick poll around the room. Like, how do we listen to music today, gentlemen? <laughs> not CDs. <laughs> Streaming. Yeah. Not CDs. I do have. I do think CDs. Well, we'll we'll get into it. Yeah. But I don't. I don't listen to CDs. I don't have a CD player. So, really. 
and I was mentioning to you, Quinn, like, this is not the first article I've seen advocating for, like, CDs. Like, why are we giving them up? Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think is, is going on? Is there some insidious CD lobby on the rise here? No, I mean, it's uh, – I think it's a lot like how I – Still buy Blu-rays, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> you do. You're the That's guy. A yeah, I mean, sometimes you want a physical copy of things. I don't feel the same about CDs. I do. I, I still have all of mine because I just don't throw stuff like that out. Right. But I rip them onto a hard drive mm-hmm. and then listen to them digitally because it's it's a digital file that's that i think that's the that's the thing that i don't get about loving the cd is that it's just a repository for a digital file right it's not like vinyl where it's actually an entirely different way of listening to the music it's just a way of storing the exact same file yes, you're listening because, to. because now you can you can rip a cd to a wave file mm-hmm. at that at that point you're listening to the same thing right you can rip it to an mp3 which a lot of people complain about if you if you don't if you don't need the fidelity of a wave file or flack and stuff, but yeah, like you said, it is exactly like the same thing. It is just a delivery device uh, that doesn't really. I mean, back in the day, um, you know, when CDs first came out, it was a thing. It was like, holy shit, this sounds like nothing I've ever heard. And since that point, though, there's been a chasm between like, do you want the vinyl experience or do you want the pure digital experience? Uh, I don't. Uh, I honestly don't know where I, I land on that because it's two very different things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the idea that like, you know, I love record stores, but like, if I go into a record store that is mainly CDs now, like, I start to cry inside. Like, <laughs> you should <laughs> CD seller closed, right? You know, out in Arlington and Roslyn, and they were mainly CDs. Can Can everyone here name the last CD that they? No. Bought? Yeah. Like I don't know if I've. It's like I maybe never bought a CD. Um, maybe <laughs> like youths. <laughs> I don't know. I, I came of age in the digital music. I mean, I think maybe when I was like six or seven years old, I would you know buy Backstreet Boys CDs. But <laughs> good times. Yeah. <laughs> I the thing I uh, think that CD, why CDs part of why they still exist is for pr- promotional reasons. Um, well, especially I, at a college radio station or any radio station, it's a lot easier to ignore an email with a download than it is like a CD in your mailbox. You know, you at least look at it. Is and it? Then I, th- I think so. I, I mean, so I, I didn't, I didn't realize this would lead to this conversation, but yeah, this, that's a very good point. I think cause I, I, I get, or the, my, the radio station I work for gets hundreds of emails a week with, you know, downloads and like recommend if you like whatever. Um, so if I get a CD and look at my hand, I, I at least look at it and be like, all right, this is a piece of shit. I'm not going to listen to it. And so I'm totally ignoring Judge it by the album cover? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I know. I yeah. know. I, yeah. I'm just trying to understand your methods Totally judged by the well, album cover. Well, it's funny because we used to get a, a good bit of them, actually. And some of them, you know, actually did appreciate. Uh, we still get, if uh, any Wilco project is like out, we generally get something from their office. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, you know, they have the... It's not a loss on their end. It's when people uh, who really might have, you know, cost them like a lunch somewhere down the road to print that one CD that send it to us as a consideration thing. That you shouldn't be doing that to people because right. of mm-hmm. the delivery system. You know, at the same time, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the downloadables, the emails that have that in, and I will and I will check it out in general. Uh, just to look at it really quick. Like if the pitch is really bad, then I'm like, nah, I'm not going to know this. So right. I'm judging it by the, the cover, which in this case is made by the shitty PR person. Right. But 
you know, there has been a, a trend in that where uh, we get SoundCloud streams. And, you know, I posted something on Facebook saying this, that you do want to represent your music the best you can. Like if you're sending it to somebody like to critique it or want to help promote it, which is a lot of music blogs, that's really just what they do. Right. Uh, if you send them a crappy like sub 128 kilobit SoundCloud stream, forget it. Like, why would you want anybody to talk about your, so most your music? That's the most. That's what a lot of the PR companies do, though. I, that's what yeah. they've started to do. Yeah. And so maybe like they should be the ones thinking back to CDs again. Like, and, you know, it'll get in your hands. Um, and I think I found my last CD order, actually. Nice. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Um, March 29th, 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I ordered Tanglewood Numbers, <clears throat> Everything All the Time, and Drums Not Dead. Hmm. Huh. I believe I have all of those on. I think my last one was probably a Miles Davis set, like the Live at the Cellar Door or something like that, which yeah. was... Within the past three or four years, maybe more recently than 06, I think. Yeah, and I think yeah. that like fancy box sets and stuff, that's that's legit. Yeah, the, that's a good. I would say that's a people still invest well, in that kind of yeah. stuff. And, and that, that's a, that's another there. side of it too. So a fancy box set in, right. uh, especially like a live set in LP form, is no good. Like you, if you have a live set that it's like two songs aside, right? I don't want to get up <laughs> over and over and over. Now I will get the digital like invariably i'll just get the digital copy but um you know if you have to have a cd and you like the physical product like you said you like blu-rays and yeah. you just have that then yeah though like most of the blu-rays i buy are kind of the equivalent there because they're the uh, like criterion collection blu-rays with all yeah. the extra booklets and right fanciness like that the cool stuff yeah what about digital download codes for cds <laughs> so you just get it in the shrink wrap and then put it in the corner <laughs> Someone, <laughs> we see that coming <laughs> um i think uh the way fish does their uh, music oh, yeah. subscription library yeah. if you buy a physical cd mm -hmm. you also get the digital copy <laughs> that lives in this cloud-based thing that you yeah. can access anywhere mm -hmm. as though you couldn't simply you know rip those files yeah. and turn them into digital versions yourself. But that is kind of nice to to have that because I don't know how many CDs uh, back in the day that I had that got stolen or lost right. and then you have to either repurchase the CD or hope that your backup is still around but right. no, you lose uh, you lose a CD sleeve and you've got 50, 100, 200 CDs in there. Yeah. If you don't have digital backups of that handy, that mm -hmm. that's a lot of money that you just yeah. lost. Yeah, and I, and I realize uh you know, this is irrational and it's not a correct thought, but like, I don't throw mine away. Like, I just thought this this morning. I said, you know, if something happened in my hard drive right now, mm -hmm. like, I all of a sudden, even though I have streaming, I don't have all that. Mm -hmm. and now, it's irrational because I have streaming. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't need to replace it, but something about being look like in my iTunes or, you know, you speak manage it with like Winamp or something and see all these things and know where they are yeah. and know uh, that, you know, they're safe-ish. There's still something about ownership, I think, that, yeah. um, and maybe it's just because we're the olds here. Well, um, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, my computer just died because someone spilled right. beer on it. But um, Someone? But uh, yeah, someone, some random girl in my house, but that that's a different. Someone that puked in the bed. No, yeah. <laughs> that, that girl has not turned her face. Since. Yes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, I was able to get this back sounds, in. This sounds way more interesting I, than CDs. I backed by up the way. my. I, I have like I have like uh, thirty five thousand songs in my hard drive. Right. Uh, 
through various nefarious uh, means. I've right, but you, you have them. I have them, yeah. and I I don't use Spotify. I use the only streaming I use is Bandcamp. Uh, so that is it is a sense of ownership. Uh, oh, I, didn't, it, I didn't know that. I've been sending you links to Spotify. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, okay. I mean, uh, yeah, but I, it, you know, I, I it is a sense of ownership, even if it is such yeah. a fleeting, like impermanent thing. It's more than streaming, which is a different art, different conversation. Uh, I also think it's weird that there's these like takes and defense. Like I don't even think about CDs. So like the idea that they need to be def- like they're just such an afterthought. Like they don't. Well, that's why I mentioned the lobby aspect of it yeah, because I like, mean, at the end of the day, it, there is a production industry and infrastructure built up around this. We just saw like a story about cassettes get NPR coverage. It's like what the fine oh, fuck yeah. because that guy hired a PR person because he saw his right. sales go up this year. He wants to keep it going. I've I've actually you just mentioned cassettes. I've <laughs> actually been given a cassette more recently than I've been given a CD. Which it? Which <laughs> it was the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, which okay. they did on okay. cassette. And, That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. But in general, yeah. cassettes are crap, and I don't know why yeah. people like them. <laughs> there you go. Indeed. Hot take. <laughs> can, I, can I put that on a loop? Yeah. Now <laughs> it'll make the intro. Put it on a soundboard. You're gonna be you're gonna be popular with the DC crowd, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I grew up when there were when, when there were no other choices besides cassette or right. bulky mm-hmm. LP. Right. I had plenty of cassettes. Mm-hmm. They suck. They break. They degrade. <laughs> Unless you're doing yep. an art project that is about the degradation of the sound yes. on, the, on the audio cassette, yeah. then there is no reason to listen to them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that. So, uh, you know, in defense of the CD, there really is none. Yeah, whatever whatever format you like, it's fine. That's you. But, you know, don't, don't try to make it a thing. Don't write a think piece about it. Right, don't. Just be like, <laughs> hey, I like CDs. Or what's, what's another format you could, like, really like? I mean, are, are there, like, Og Vorbis, like, fetishists? Um, I, I think Og, Og Vorbis died when tor- even torrent sites weren't hosting it anymore. Really? Is it? Archive. Archive.org still has files. Archive. And, uh, yes. Yep, yep. Which is an excellent resource, by the way. Yeah, it is. It if is. you if you want to hear every live set from every bad jam band on the planet, you get Archive. They're all there. All of them and soul coughing. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually right. Um, I prefer wax cylinders. And bringing those back, <laughs> I, I'm sure you do. We should this segment. This segment of the podcast should be renamed the uh, the Think Piece the Police, where we just attack, <laughs> we could do that. We should tax. So we we, like we do it. One. We do that That's more so often good. than not, and yeah. uh, you know. But it, somebody has got to. I mean, <laughs> with our huge listenership, we've, we've got to change the world. Um, <laughs> Twenty three with a bullet, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, on that note. Uh, Let's talk about some rock and roll.
Picture. That is the title track, Personal Life, off of Two Inch Astronaut. Is their third album, is that correct? I believe Somebody that's correct. Somebody could correct, yeah. Uh, they are from up, it says the Wheaton, Maryland way, which is a little bit of ways from here. It's a trio, uh, sort of the core of the trio is Matt Gatwood and Sam Rosenberg. Uh, they've had a rotating lineup, I think a bassist for a while now, as uh, Andy Chervenek, uh is in the band. Um, if you if you listen to that and said, hey, uh, I, I, I thought the 90s weren't dead. <laughs> like, you're right, they're making a comeback. Uh, which is a thing we have to talk about with this band. Um, they are known originally when I first heard of them, they were sort of uh, post-punk. Is that, is that how people have been talking about them? And so, and gradually their sound has evolved to basically land squarely in uh, probably the better part of the nineties. <laughs> I would say I am a unabashed, not hater, just like mayor of a lot of nineties stuff, especially like the third wave stuff that maybe Paul likes. Or maybe <laughs> third, third wave of what? Like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, like Silver Chair and you know stuff like that. Frog Stomp wasn't a bad album. See, there you go. So um, it wasn't. I listened to it the other day. Yeah. It's research. Um, mm. I think all the research you need for this is Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, and Built to Spill. Okay, let's start with that. Uh, let, let us yeah, start with I, that. I think the. I think. Yeah, I feel like they're it, more in the Built to Spill camp and the Pavement mm-hmm. camp because um, they get. They get louder, and I think Where's Pavement? It's like mumbling over a lot of fuzz. Yeah, um, and this is more of crisper sound, which I think Built to Spill had. Yeah, it's very it very veers, uh, and I hope like if they or anybody who is a fan of this band listening doesn't like cringe at this, it it veers into like this pop indie territory. That is, the edges have been shaved off a little bit. Uh, you know, I had a lot of people mention Pavement when they were th- finding out about this band. I was like, yeah, and you listen to it. Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain is a fantastic album. It's yep. a fantastic reference point. If you can pull it off, uh, you are doing better than most people. And I think a lot of points on this album, they definitely do pull it off. Um, they are uh, they're in the twenties, right? Yeah, just recently, like probably out of college and stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if they went to college, but I would say they're um, <laughs> punk as fuck. Mid mid twenties. Um, yeah, they're 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 still pretty young. Um, an interesting thing about this area. Uh, of of the country, like we're in DC right now, used to have a radio station called HFS, which was a big proponent of like this '90s alt rock. Uh, used to have huge festivals at uh, RFK, mm-hmm. um, and I found I don't know a lot of people up north of the city, uh, but these guys are up north, and I do know a lot of people in like the Arlington scene. And a very common thing uh, that they share is a love. For this type of music. So it, it's weird for me to see somebody, you know, they're signed to uh, what? Exploding? Exploding Sound. Exploding Sound. To see somebody actually now sort of sort of making it, like doing this. As we've said Weezer, we said Built Spill. You can, uh, uh, we've, we said Pavement, you say Built Spill, you can say Weezer. You know, all these influences are stuff that like sh- maybe, I, I don't know. Like to me, it's the past, but it's it feels a little more relevant on this. Well, so I um I went to I actually went to high school in Maryland um for a few years and um in the early nineties um listening to HFS, going to see mm-hmm. Jawbox and Shudder to Think and Fugazi and Frotus and all of these uh all of these bands at the time and and so I went into this listen blind and um halfway through the first song I was like this sounds like half of a you know Shudder to Think's big commercial album Pony Express record. 
with the guy from Jawbox singing. And I hadn't done like any of my due diligence to find out if these guys were local or, or what. Right. And so it wasn't until I got to the song Top or Shut where I was like, oh, fuck, these guys are definitely local if they're naming a song right. after the Fox 5 uh, weather guy who was incidentally, <laughs> who I think came here in the late, in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it's, and so, and so then I figured out that Jay Robin had produced it and that's, and that totally explained uh, the sound. But this is, I mean, I mean, this sounds exactly like the kind of band that I would have gone to see playing like, my high school's Amnesty International fundraiser in, you know, a park in Montgomery County or something. That's not a diss. Like I, those, know, I know, I saw some great fucking it, it's bands just a, at It's that just point. a weirdly, like, specific, yeah. like, yeah. 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 like, like some of the bands that I saw then, like, morphed into, like, Q and Not You and other things. Yeah. So it's, so, like, it's not, I don't, I don't mean that to, to, to put them down at all. Like, it's just, this, this is exactly, to your point, Kevin, like, my 90s, which are yeah. from, like, 1989 to 94. Like, I don't recognize, like... When people say the 90s and they include like Blink-182, like I'm like, that was a different decade as far as I'm concerned. Right. That's not, that's not my 90s. So this, this is my 90s and it's, it's a really enjoyable listen. Um, technically perfect. The sound is right there. Um, yeah. Let's hear, let's hear a track off of this. Uh, and this is, this might be where they get their punk credit. Let's say they get I want to talk about that a little too. Uh, this is a submission.
All right, submission off uh, Two Inch Astronauts, uh, Personal Life. Um, that gets into, like, sort of the slow uh, say it isn't so, like, Weezerisms and stuff. Uh, it also it displays a lot of – this is a band with a sense of humor, like you were saying, Quinn, that they uh, – there's a lot of dark, funny moments on, on this album. Like, I, at-risk student um, – is like that's a dark fucking song yeah, but but it's hilarious it's hilarious and that it's a kind of a spiritual sequel to um probably my favorite two inch astronaut song which is on their last album called dead white boy uh-huh. which is about um a student i'm guessing one of them maybe like it's about a kid they went to school with um and it's kind of a similar theme um and yeah it is it is like it's fucking sad but also weirdly funny yeah <laughs> and i think there's like, like we were talking about andy's progress report it's just a funny song title um to name a song after the weather guy like <laughs> right. um or or the last song is called woodstock 99 which is like um which i thought was funny because it's like very self-aware uh, yeah sure yeah, yeah. sure of this paul, paul you've been sort of silent Oh, I mean, I think the conversation is going really well here. I didn't have a whole lot uh, more to add. <laughs> You're just moderating, hanging back. Yeah, no, I'm cool. Working. I'm cool. Right. No, I mean, I, I, I like this album uh, a fair bit because, as has been pointed out, I'm a big fan of '90s indie rock, and this is square in that wheelhouse. I do wonder, and it might be because I'm not familiar with their earlier stuff, how much of um, how much they're adding to those uh, to those influences here. In a lot of ways, this comes off as a clever pastiche. Um, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I enjoy it, but I'm not. Uh, I don't know if it gets past like playful and clever into something that's actually uh, that's actually deeper than that. But not all albums need to. So. No, no. It, it to me, it it's clear that they're they're actually excellent songwriters. I mean, this is this is just well put together, entertaining songcraft. My my worry is is listening to this album, uh, much less so than Falbird, the one before this. Like I don't get a sense of like identity in them. And by the third album, I think you maybe should have that, uh, unless this is aiming for what like music like this in the nineties did. They'll I mean Woodstock '99 being like a hilarious joke, but it's also sort of ironic because these guys could very easily be on the festival circuit next year. Right. And they have some could have some guy go and be like, man, you got to have a blue mohawk. <laughs> you got to look punk as fuck, uh, because you know this is this is what the new you know uh, like just the sonics of it. This is the new like punk as far as like mainstream America is right. concerned. I think I yeah knowing them as people, I yeah don't, I know and we should we should disclose that you do I, know them. Yeah, I know that. I I it's not going to happen, and they are way too. A smart and be interesting. So and if somebody to like to like get warped toward out, you know what I mean? Like they you'll you'll never. But if somebody offers them like here's a pile of cash that you can support yourself for the next five years, you're saying they're not going to jump on the warp tour? I don't know. I I, I can't I can't yeah, say I that but, for them. Yeah. But what, I, what if Fred Durst offers to do a guest? <laughs> 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 well, that's obvious. Zing. What he would do that? I mean, they toured uh, they toured Europe with uh, La Dispute. Yeah, um, who was like I don't know. A bigger, I don't really know their music, but mm-hmm. bigger band. I don't know. So yeah, it, it is a poss- There is a possibility of that, um, but I think, uh, like, I don't know. You have to. That's a decision where you. That's a defining moment for your band, right? You get off yeah. of that, and you're like, all right, this is an identity thing. Like, who? Are, how are we going to be? 
perceived like pile who is kind of similar sound very this. similar um they got offered to do a u.s tour with allison chains um hmm. and they were like they said no because that's just you know that's that's it was not anything like that. Uh, I'm not saying that was the right decision. Yeah, but, I mean, you know. I, I respect decisions like that. I think because what what ends up happening in any band uh, as you get nearer and nearer to like the the Venn diagram of mass social acceptance of that is you have to start asking yourself a question which I don't think anybody ever wanted to ask themselves is like, well, am I, this is this thing I love doing. Am I going to have to now change it? Right, more in order to in. do it all the time, you know, and that requires, yeah. and maybe exploding the sound can get them there. That what that requires is like immense support from their label, their manager, saying we, whatever you do uh, are behind them. Right. In Pyle's case, that was fucking stupid, <laughs> <laughs> because you can, you know, didn't he 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 put out an article about he was homeless because he was touring or something? No, I think I think. He he quit his job, um, but yeah, I don't yeah. know if I don't think he was homeless. But but, but he framed. In fact, he did. He framed it as saying as like that he was homeless. He wasn't actually homeless, right? Right. Uh, and it was a ridiculous article because it was like the grizzly bear article of like we can barely afford to live on one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and it's like okay, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I'm yeah I, I'm interested to see what how this album is received and and what happens after this to this band i i think all the all the comments you guys are making about the identity issue is um i mean i think i think that's kind of the one thing that this album doesn't do and and why i think it might kind of dictate what's going to happen next is that in the early 90s just to bring things back around to mm-hmm. cd's and cassettes you had to have the one song that people wanted to put on mixtapes for their friends Right. Yeah. So so like you could have your own sound, but you had to have that one song, not a hit necessarily, but the song that was like your calling card that would circulate through, you know, dubbed XL2s. Right, right here, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <right>. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Jones. I saw them live uh, with EMF and Seal on the same night. All right. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I know. I know. So I wish we could go back and get a live blog of that night. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what they don't have um, is I think that one song that kind of puts everything they do best forward and yeah. that serves as their like this is who we are this is kind of our manifesto song. They do a lot really well and they have there's there's some good variety on this album, but there isn't that one song that gets you in that. Um, are they are they really beholden to the DC scene at all, or are they sort of like yeah fuck you guys? Um, I don't know. I think they. Uh I feel like they're somewhat, but somewhat. um, yeah, I feel like yeah. I know DC loves them and loves to claim them. Right, right. I, I do know that. Um, I think somewhat they. I know they, they draw pretty well. Uh, I would say maybe equally as well in in New York and Brooklyn. Yeah, um, that's, like, where, that's where that. that's where their label and like other similar bands are kind of based. And I think that's part of it. But I would say I would say they're you know decently well received, and okay. or decently part yeah. of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I guess we'll uh, start with you, Quinn. What are you going to do with this? I'm going to buy it. Uh, I can't make it to the release show tonight, but I uh, I own the uh, the last one on vinyl. Um, so I'm going to try to try to pick it up. Yeah, Eduardo. Solid stream, possible vinyl pickup later this year. We'll All see. Right. All right, Paul. Uh, solid stream for me too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm on the stream tip. Uh, you know, to their credit, uh, I don't I don't necessarily like this type of music, and they made me like sort of enjoy that so activated 
the part of my youth that is buried under like using quotes. Using quotes. So there you go. Two inch astronauts. Uh, personal life. we do at the end of every podcast here uh you know i said we we talked about two things we did two things we actually do three things we like to play a song uh sometimes it is local music sometimes it is bigger music which i'm actually opening up to like i wanted to play a damien gerardo song and that's bit we're going to be covering that album but i was like maybe people don't know damien gerardo i don't know we're not doing that for this one, though. Uh, what we're going to be doing is, uh, this comes to us from Matt, our uh, photographer, live music coverage guy. Uh, he's up in New York this week, and some shows fell through, and he ended up at the Mercury Lounge uh, seeing this guy called Marlon Williams. He'd read a review of him and said, oh, this is going to be bullshit, and walked in and heard the guy sing, and was like, oh, my God. I got a flurry of tweets from, like, late, late Friday night. Um, this Marlon is a New Zealand singer-songwriter. He's been around eh, five or six years uh, this his self titled debut album um, was released in 2015. He just got picked up by Dead Oceans. If you know who they are, they're they're a bigger sized indie label here in in the United States. So that album is being distributed by them here. Um, so the track he has a new video out for it is called Dark Child. So that's what we're gonna play for you. So uh, Marlon Williams, Dark Child, off his self titled. Uh, it's not his debut. It's just his most.
Right, Dark Child uh, from Mar- Marlon Williams. Like I said, he, this guy's got a pretty big voice. It's pretty, you know, it's standard indie rock fare, but uh, gets the job done. I think uh, I've listened to a little bit of the album proper, uh, and it's 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 a nice listen. And so we have one endorsement from Matt that this guy can kill it live. So maybe he'll cross the ocean and come to DC. We'll see. Uh, unless you want to talk about Beyonce, Eduardo, like that is our podcast for this week. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> Damn. No bay for you. Um, be careful, man. You insult Beyonce on a podcast, you're going to get attacked on Twitter. Yes, 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 we are. We were 23 with a bullet. Now we're dropping down to like 123. <laughs> we're going to lose what? What are the million followers in the Twitter storm? Whiskey <laughs> <Yeah>. lost. <laughs> Uh, that's our podcast for this week, uh, or w- one of our podcasts for this week. As always, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, listen to us on Stitcher. You can leave a rating uh, or not. Uh, <laughs> you, you can you can send us emails. Uh, you can uh, actually met uh, Lindsay Hogan last night, who's around town and stuff. Talk to her about maybe coming down and talking on this. You know, we uh, we always accept. Uh, people who who are interested in doing this so if you are like email one of us this is how eduardo ended up on here this is how patrick ended up on here uh somehow paul ended up on here <laughs> no. I, just, I just i just am here yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wander in every so often yeah um all right uh, kind of how i ended up here yeah yeah a little bit so uh if if you are so inclined to do that uh do that you might send out a tweet there's a link that says join us on the site so you can uh, hit it up You'll love the questionnaire, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, So we'll talk to you in a few short days. Until then, uh, be good to yours, be better to your people. See you later.
<laughs> 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 Kenobi.